0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Big Interview, Bite Size, brought to you by Bet365. I'm Graham Hunter, and in each episode, you'll hear an elite footballer tell a story that's guaranteed to brighten your day. All of them come from my podcast, The Big Interview with Graham Hunter, which you can find by searching on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Our tale today comes from Alan Pardew, the former Crystal Palace, West Ham and Newcastle United manager. He's gonna tell you about those fleeting moments that can alter a career and that forgotten tool in the manager's armory, one-to-one psychology.
1: I remember managing Reading Football Club and I'd done okay up until this point and we went and we was leading 3-0 3-0 at half-time. And I needed to win this game to save my job at Notts County. At 82 minutes, it was 3 and I'm thinking, and they had a chance, and I thought, if that goes in, that's me. And forget where I'm sitting now, forget it, forget it, that it's not going to happen. And yeah, I prepared the team, yeah, I worked hard, of course, like every other manager prepared and worked hard. Yeah. We went up the other end and scored against <laughs> the run of play and won the game, and everyone went, "Oh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course." It was all designed.
0: was the myself? first time I, in any of these interviews. I wish that was ten seconds of visual because yeah,
1: exactly. Your hand and smile and the ruefulness and the, that was beautiful expression. Yeah. so that's and uh, and pivotal moments at Newcastle I had when um, I could have lost my job I also feel I could have won the Europa League at Newcastle because the game against Benfica, Benfica game was... we should have won yeah easily Ben Arthur has a chance for for 2-0 before they score and it would have been game over they wouldn't have come back from that oh, they gosh. went on to the final obviously yeah. against Chelsea so you know you get moments the FA Cup final I'm looking at Benitez on the sideline as a manager he's done I can see him he, he knew he was preparing his speech for the defeat. And then literally a, a football miracle happens. And well, have you ever seen, these are moments that change careers. Now if I'd have won the uh, cup, FA Cup then, where would I be now? What would by my personality be different? It might be completely different. A bit of glory at that stage, going on to a big club, uh, success or not success. I might not be where I am now. So these things sometimes happen for a reason. I don't actually think it's in the gods or in the. I think sometimes it's just fate. Mm. Yeah, I can't determine uh, an actual factor. So there we go back to what I used to do at Bristol Palace because Peter Grant whispered in my ear with ten minutes to go, just get Nigel Rio Coker to man mark Stevie Gerrard, and we've done it, right? Oh. And I went because I'm not stupid. That was a good idea. So we man mark Stevie Gerrard. And if you watch the game, because now I'm telling you, you'll know, you watch the last seven or eight minutes of that game, Nigel Ryokoko was all over him like a rash. And Steve Gerrard decided to drop off deep because he wasn't influencing the game, he wasn't getting a kick. And Nigel Ryokoko being the honest pro that he was, stayed deep Defends the space. To, to prevent the back four. Stevie Gerrard picks it up and shoots from- Another country, yards. basically. So there you go. So we did everything right. I could look back. I still look back on that time and that goal and I could see it now and I I don't blame Nigel Riracota because if it was me I'd have done exactly the same as him. That was a natural instinct yeah. that he had to do was protect the back four not go to mark Stevie Gioley and i going to do nothing from there. Goal goes in. So, you know, these, uh, the, all these things are linked. That's what's great about football. I can see moments when Great managers have moments in their career. I've seen Angelotti lose when he perhaps should have won, and won when he should have lost. I've seen Jose win when he should have lost, Jose lose when he should have won. So these defining moments, and as you say, you're quite right. They're getting finer, actually. Mm-hmm. What's the background of being of having a friend
0: in Mourinho? Because that's some years now. Must have been from when you first went up against each other in his first year at Chelsea, am I
1: right? Yeah, we, pro- we probably um, had a connection with Brendan Rodgers who was my academy director at Reading and ended up being um, obviously an assistant to, to Jose at uh, Chelsea.
0: He he's always been able to get
1: under people's skin, get
0: under the skin of his players. Mm. Make them believe more, play better, enjoy themselves more, create a team spirit. Sometimes the circling of the wagons, but not quite like Fergie did when it was literally non-stop for a quarter of a century, everybody's against us. He sold this falsehood to the players and they bought it every <laughs> it was brilliant work, brilliant work. You know, he could be on the back of a wagon in the Wild West selling hair tonic and people, you know, everybody would have bought it, including the buffalo. But Josie seems to have this um, really good one-on-one skill to to lift a
1: man lift a player maybe make him better make him Uh, believe uh, listen the psychology of a footballer these days is is your big battle because I look at coaches and I look at setups and I look at tactics and and I look at all that and I think yeah you're probably we're probably on the same page there on that one Mm -hmm. so where's the difference going to come well it's about what you're going to do at half time what you're doing before the game as a manager where are you going to lift them It really goes undetected a little bit by the media, in my opinion. What managers are like in that dressing room? How do you reach players? How do I reach Zaha? How do I reach Scotty Dan? Completely two different characters from two completely different backgrounds. But you go, that's your job. That is your job. And if there's one art that Alex Ferguson had that um, sets him apart at times was that he could reach every player in all the time that he managed because it was an incredible long period that he managed and he, and he changed and he, I remember him telling me the story of Roy Keane when Roy Keane came in to see him he left Roy Keane out and Roy Keane wasn't happy and I'm not surprised you know I can imagine Roy Keane knocking on my door <laughs> and, uh, and Alex said to me that he knocked on his door and he said look you know you've changed you have you know and uh, I don't like that and Alex Ferguson turned around to him and said, yeah, of course I've changed. I've changed because the game's changed. You've got to change with the game. My, my management's changed. The way I view the game has changed. Maybe you should look at that. And that's true. The problem you have at managing at professional level is senior players coming to the end of their career actually not realizing that you are trying to do the right thing by them. They think that you're doing everything wrong for them. Some of my worst experiences are those senior players, the same senior players who come up to me now at functions. Now I'm a little bit older and say, you were right. I didn't see it at the time and I'm sorry, I apologise. I understand it because when I was a player, I was the same. I didn't see it either. When I got left out at Charlton, I was like, what's he doing, Curvishly? He's got this all wrong, you don't see it. So for two or three years, you're blind at the end of your career. Almost completely blind. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview, Bite Size,
0: brought to you by Bet365. All of these stories come from my podcast series, The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. There are interviews with over 100 elite footballers on our archive. Search for the show on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen.